welcome to the IAS Shortcast. This is the one-stop shop for a movie fan on the go. Today's episode, Best Movies of the Decade. Hey there guys, welcome back. This is the IAS Shortcast, second episode. The first episode came like a long time ago. This is going to be a bunch of fun. My name is Eamon. I'm a local filmmaker, writer, critic based in Canada, the owner of IASfilms.net. Welcome, guys. Again, I'm going to say it five more times. Welcome, 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 welcome. This is such, so much fun. Uh, I've got with me here Jewel. She's the co-host and the not-so-secret nerd, uh, Jewel. Thank you for joining me. Hey there, Jewel. How are you? So, I noticed when I looked on your website that you have three categories film uh movie or they're the same thing video games and music but one thing that was missing was (laughs) television and there are billions of shows put out every day and i i watch a lot of them and i think they're good and there's things that i see in them that maybe other people don't or maybe they do and you want to talk about it The uh, first article I wrote was about Doctor Who, one of my favorite shows. Um, I was on Facebook and somebody was like, oh, this companion is the worst. And so I thought, well, what if they're not the worst? (laughs) So I wrote that. And then Firefly, um, a show that I've been into for quite some time, um, I wanted to know the real reason why it was canceled because what I had heard is that it was on at the same time as American Idol and for some reason people care about that more than a space western. Oh well. But that's not quite the reason. So you can also read that. I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. <laughs> well that's exciting. Um, yeah, your article about uh, about uh, what's it called again? Um, I forgot. What is the, the Joss that's Whedon television series? Yeah. There we go. Um, your article was actually really interesting, and it was really it gave some really different points, some really good point of views on why it closed down. Um, so tell me, what what kind of articles do you have planned next, and you know, is there a specific topic you're thinking about? Um, I'm currently finishing an article about how The Office and the show Dexter are actually in the same universe because we all love meshing universes together secretly. We all love yes. our crossovers, and then maybe. See, that's really interesting because... I was going to write something about uh, this show. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe not. Legend of the Seeker. Um, What I originally intended ended up not being true. And I just remembered incorrectly. There were only two seasons, not seven. Just seemed to drag out for a long time. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that part. But I hope to write about that in the future as well. That's that's interesting because um, I took a look at some of the reasons that uh, that people think Dexter and 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 the officer cro- or crossovers is is really interesting what they have going on there and there's a there's a lot of information you've got there to take a look at so I'm I'm excited for what you've got planned out for that article in the future. But there's one article oh, I'm excited for, and that is my most anticipated movies of Woo. 2020. I'll be working on that very soon. Um, I've actually got a lot on the list. Let's just say number one is pretty obvious. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it away. It's Tenet, directed by Christopher Nolan. I don't think I've heard of that. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's it's exciting because 
Ten years ago, Christopher Nolan released his amazing Inception, which I've just been a fan of. And it's kind of fitting that, because that, that, that was kind of, it did change the landscape for action movies at the time. They were more, that was more of an artistic action movie. And it's fitting that ten years later, exactly ten years later, Christopher Nolan plans to do the same thing. I saw the trailer, and there's something interesting that's going on here. This movie is almost like Mission Impossible, but with a slight Stan. edge. These, yeah, these 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 uh, spies have this tool that can reverse time, so time around them goes in reverse, but they don't. So they it messes up with the gravity. You'll just see them walking backwards, and the two spies are walking forward, and they're just looking at the scene, and everything is playing backwards. So, I mean, we've all watch the movie in reverse at one point or another just reverse the video clip but i've never seen that happen within the movie while other people are going forward it sounds interesting and i'll tell you what if 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 christopher nolan at least satisfies the idea let alone the story i know the, i know the movie itself is going to be great but if just the idea makes sense this could be a real treat it doesn't have to be the best movie of the oh. year but it could be a real treat and that's just something that i Sorry, I saw the trailer online today again, and let me tell you what I've been just—I've—I've I've been, I've been loving the idea. Um, but hey, that just leads us on to an interesting topic, and that is movies that are coming out this year. Uh, again, it's 2020. Uh, we just got the year starting, and we started the year with The Grudge. Now, I know you haven't seen most of these movies because you've been pretty busy, um, so. I'm not going to ask your thoughts on the movies specifically, but I'm going to ask if you were excited for The Grudge or had any anticipation for I didn't it. even know there was a new Grudge movie coming out, so... Oh, yeah. I'm on your boat. I didn't know there was another Grudge coming out till like a week and a half hmm. ago. These guys, they, like, uh, I think... Let me check who's behind this movie real quick. But until that, um, did you have you ever seen any Grudge movies No, in the past? I haven't. I've seen parodies, <laughs> but not... Yeah... See, I, I can't see any studio behind this. I think it was directed by Nicholas Pesky, who's directed some pretty good movies in the past. Um, I'm just going to check real quick if it's been who the studio was behind this, but are you a big fan of horror movies? Mm, it's There's a certain line between what is actually horror and what is just jump scares. So, I'm on the if it's jump scares, there. then I'm not into it. There we go. So, this movie is actually produced by Stage 6 Films, which is owned by Sony, which, again, makes sense. Sony's been having a hard time with movies recently. Um, actually, yeah, yes and no, because they, uh, they recently had Spider-Man Far From Home, which crossed the billion-dollar mark again. And it ended up making about $1.16 billion, wow. which makes it the biggest Sony film to date. Ever? Which, on the one hand, is, is exciting. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, why is that your biggest movie of all time? Um, I'm pretty sure there's, there should have been other movies that should have been bigger. So that's really interesting to take a look at. Sony's behind this movie, and um, they have, a, they have a, a bad history with new releases. It looks like it's doing pretty well at the box office. It's not suffering. It's grossed a little over $11.4 million, which crosses it over its... It's uh, production budget. But let's take a look at some of the movies that have been coming out recently. We've had 1917, which 
is directed by Sam Mendes, and if you guys seen my review of it, I absolutely loved it. Just Mercy, starring Michael B. Jordan. Perfect. Uh, I can't remember the director's name. I'm going to click on this movie and see the director's name. See, it's directed by Daniel, Des sorry, Destin Daniel Cretton, who is in talks. Well, I don't know if he's in talks or if he's actually directing the new Shang-Chi movie. Do you know no. anything about that? The new Marvel movie? He's directing a new MCU movie, this guy. And he just directed this law movie, uh, Just Mercy, with Michael B. Jordan. And I'm excited for this because he and uh, and Marvel are working on a Shang-Chi movie who's an Asian character. And I think this could be really good because I saw Just Mercy and let me tell you what, this movie is everything you want it to be and more. I think this might be his best movie so far. And, you know, Brie Larson's in there and she's she's been she's in all of his movies. He's he's got like a a fireball there, so yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Are you excited for this movie? Uh, if I get to see it, I'll probably like it. <laughs> well, you better go see it because I, th I think I think it's one of the best movies I've seen so far in the last you know six to six to twelve months. I, if it if it came out in, because I did I don't consider this a 20, 20, 2019 movie. I think it's a twenty twenty movie. Some people are considering it a 2020, 2019 movie because it came out in like a few theaters last year. But the real release date is January tenth. So would you consider this a 2019 movie or would you think would do you think this well, is Well if the mass movie? releases for 2020 then it's a 2020 movie. 2020 there. I said 2018. Um there we go. Yeah, I think it is a 2020 movie. But then again, um movies like Enemy and Sicario were both released towards the beginning of the year and technically, you know, Enemy came out in the beginning of 2014 but it's still considered a 2013 movie. So you never know. You never know with these stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not really surprised by what they're doing because it's being nominated for Golden Globes and stuff, which I guess. But if 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 they wouldn't have released it so late in the year, it would have just been a 20, 2019 movie. Uh, that's just a mistake on their part. So, um, which leads me on to our next topic here, which I'm pretty excited for. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite movies of 2019. Now, I know that you haven't seen many movies because you've been pretty busy this year. But is there, are there a few that come to mind? Um, Netflix uh, was doing some partnerships with old shows that were discontinued 10, 20 years ago. And one of them was an Invader Zim movie called Into the Flirpus Hole. Mm. It was great. It was... The animation was similar, but more pristine. So it was you know, updated, but not so different that it was unrecognizable, which is what we want. See, I tend to agree with you there because I love, I've, I just, I was Googling the animation while you're doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's a few animations that I do have on my list. I've got Toy Story pretty high up there. What, have nope. you seen Toy Story? Toy Story uh, 4? No, I haven't. Have you seen any of the Toy Story movies? What do you like? What are your thoughts on Pixar movies? My favorite Pixar movie is um, Brave, and I think they're they're pretty Ooh. good. They have I like the idea of their cinematic universe that all these movies are connected somehow. So you know, and they have the yeah, it's called yes. the Pixar theory. I love that. 
Uh, was it the Carlin brothers? Was it the Super Carlin yes, brothers? Yes, I, uh, or was I it, think was it was it them. Person? They were the ones who sort of popularized the name for it, but it was probably a thing before them. Yeah. I, I think I've seen that video of theirs. It came out like came a while out. ago. And yeah, they do reference a different guy that wrote the Pixar theory. And let me tell you what, it, except for Coco and maybe the new uh, Pixar movie Onward, I think there's a lot of weight to this and it could be it, there could be something there. Because the way it goes, I think the way it goes is the girl from Monsters, Inc. is apparently a time-traveling witch for That's Ray. what I've heard. That's what, yeah, isn't that I weird? mean, anything is possible. I mean, it is possible, definitely. But do you think, do you think, honestly, that Pixar would, would want to go in that route? Do you think, do you think they'd be, they'd provide the fans a lot of, they'd do some fan service and go and kind of hint more towards that? I think the main reason that all these movies are tied together in the way they are is because the Easter eggs. The Easter eggs don't necessarily mean these are together the same films the reason people believe that boo is the witch from brave is because she's drawing a or carving a thing of sully from monsters inc but it's just you know an easter egg i've actually got this open and it says here that one of the one of the more uh believable things here is that the witch from brave Mm -hmm. can't remember her name actually has well she turns the people into bears and 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 what's what does boo call sully she yeah. calls him teddy which kind of i mean teddy teddy bear i, I see what they're going there um it, it makes sense it definitely does make sense but i want to go here and take a look at my, some of my honorable mentions of the year uh let me know if you've seen these because again i'm gonna say this you haven't seen many movies this year because you've been quite busy but let me know if you've seen any of these and tell me okay. what you think about them um, right at the top of my honorable mention, I've got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. It's the third one. Uh, I quite enjoyed the first two, but this one was just as good as them. But again, there are 24 other movies that I thought were better. That's just how good the year was. It was a big year for movies. I wish I had gotten to see more. It's a pretty big year. Yeah. Have you seen How to Train Your Dragon? I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> you should. You get a recommendation from me. I know you probably haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that's something I would recommend to you. All right. A Beautiful Name. I really want to see it, it's pretty but good. I Tom haven't. Hanks there. Tom Hanks gave a great performance in that. And I mean, that's pretty much what the movie's built on, the performances. That's kind of why it's not in my list. Uh, El Camino, A Breaking Bad Story. Is that a documentary? Um, are you a fan? No, no, no. It's Have you seen, I've seen Breaking Bad? i parts of it. <laughs> You've seen well, this is kind of like a, like the show ends and this kind of takes place like minutes after the show ends. Interesting. It's a Netflix movie, actually. And finally, we've got the weird, like I'm just going to call it weird, the weird uh, Shia LaBeouf movie, Honey Boy, which is essentially a, oof, it's a period piece about his, not, not a period piece, it's a true story about his life where he plays his dad. And there's another another young actor who plays himself. It's so weird. I have not heard of that at um, all. You should watch it. I absolutely recommend it. It's it's weird, but again, that's kind of what I like. Totally. For. But this kind of where the things this kind of where everything gets good. My twentieth movie here. I've got Queen and Slim. 
Have, no, have I you have seen not. It? I haven't even heard of it. I know Ethan. Ethan told me he wanted to go see this, and Chris did too. But not many people are getting the chance to see this because it's not—it's not a wide release yet. It's still being released in in uh, selected theaters, and I got—I got a lucky chance to see it like just a few miles out of my city in a drive-in, which absolutely fantastic. Um, Toy Story Four—I've got it my nineteenth spot. I've got The Farewell sitting right about my eighteenth spot, which. Again, wow. This movie was just incredible. I mean, sorry. The direction was insane. I mean, this is probably the most the movie I've been most surprised with. I didn't I went into it not expecting much and came out of it loving it. Uh 17 we've got Booksmart. It's comedy, it's funny. Just loved it. You know, I'm going to skip a few uh Joker is my on my 15th, 15th spot. I mean, have, you heard have about Joker? I heard about Joker? Of course. It's yeah. I probably wouldn't recommend it to you because the violence is hype. It's 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 there's there's a few hyper violent moments in this, but again, I it's can handle violence. It's pretty dark too. There we go. But it's yeah. Again, uh, it's pretty dark. I wouldn't recommend it to many people. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. I I actually did want to see that. Um, I saw a ad for it um, for a different movie, yeah. and I thought that is the weirdest thing. I have to see it. So once it's on DVD, see, I'm going to see it. Like, see, I haven't, be, like, I was only able to see it by luck because there was, like, a surprise screening in my, like, in my city. And not many theaters are playing this. I mean, it, it's well, making it good Well, probably money, because it has Hitler, so. There we go. I mean, Hitler played by Taika yeah. Waititi, which is just. It's perfect. not very PC, and we can't be having that in our theaters. Um. Yeah, in, in the number 11 spot, I've got Ford vs. Ferrari, directed by James Mangold, who directed Logan, which is just a fabulous, fabulous comic book movie. Would recommend it to everybody who, who's interested in comic book movies. Go check out Logan. If you're not, if you're not, if you don't watch comic book movies that often, I'd recommend Logan. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's, it's not, it kind of blurs the line between what a comic book movie is and what a comic book movie wants to be. And it kind of just rides that line in the very harmonic, uh, harmonic fashion. But what I truly like recommend for you, and this has got to be the first movie you set up to go watch, that's Knives Out. Wow, I mean, were you like you you've heard about all the drama between the Last Jedi, right? Star yes, Last I Jedi. heard it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I think it's the best Star Wars movie that's come out in the last few years. But people are mad because some of the choices were made and the way they treated certain characters. So, um, the filmmaker behind that. Ryan Johnson uh, went out and made Knives Out, which absolute perfection, absolute perfection. I had no problems with this movie. That's hard to do. <laughs> but it is. But again, one of the things about this movie is our lead played by uh, Daniel Craig. I mean, wow, he is like a, he's like a mystery detective in the vein of. Um, Emily, like, not, not Emily Dickinson, what am I talking about? Who's the, who's the famous mystery? Uh, writer? Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the, no, the close, person who writes Nancy Drew. <laughs> Give me one second, I'm going to Google this. Go ahead and tell them all about your, your favorite movie of 2006. 2006? Wow, that. That's a random yes. year, isn't it? Six, seven, eight. I was eight years old. It is a random year. I don't remember. <laughs> there we go. I can't find the writer and the book, but there's a certain book that 
these movies are not based on directly, but they're kind of inspired by. But all that aside, let's take a look at some of the other movies on this list. I'm going to quickly run by them just so we can move on to the final aspect of this uh, podcast here. We've got Marriage Story, which is on Netflix. Definitely check it out. In Fabric. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but I thought it was awesome. Parasite. Not many people saw that one. Hidden Life. Again, <laughs> nobody saw that one. Not even one person. Ad Astra, which is... Though I've probably rewatched this movie the most. I probably rewatched it over 12 times. It was incredible. I saw it three times in theaters and a bunch of other times at home. Just wow. And The King. This is something I'm going to recommend okay. to you. Are you a fan of like uh, period pieces with war yeah. films? Yeah, then I, I, I recommend The King. The King is sort of like a, a mix of Braveheart and like, let's say something like, you know. More, more like more on the lines of a Christopher Nolan movie, with the way it's with the way the story is told, and it's just it's incredible. I mean, it's 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 very slow, but it's also like very interesting. It's it just captivates you. And finally, do you want to guess what my number one spot is? Uh, it's gonna be tough. Robert Pattinson's movie, Twilight, <laughs> The Lighthouse. Twilight actually yeah so Twilight Breaking Dawn is just an incredible movie I mean it comes in my number my number one spot because you know the way the story <laughs> no I'm kidding uh, it's The Lighthouse The Lighthouse is just I mean incredible. Twilight Light I was close oh don't even get me started there um, yeah so have you seen like you've heard about The Witch right maybe The Witch 2015's horror movie no I think I have yes must have heard of it vaguely well, yeah, he directed okay. that one. And let me tell you what. It was just a ton of... It was so interesting. It captivated me. Um, it's weird. It's got supernatural elements, yet it's so old-fashioned and very, very... Um, what's the word for this? It's very com- conservative, let's say, with the opinions that are mentioned here. But, again, uh, you're captivated by these two characters. Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man fame gets he he plays this character who you know you've seen people that are annoying they talk too much they annoy you but he doesn't annoy you you just feel like i feel bad for this guy which you do um so yeah that that's kind of just a wrap of uh kind of uh a quick summation of my favorite movies of 2019 there were a bunch could you go ahead and tell me which favorite movies of the year were well like i said into the florpus hole on netflix and then the other yeah. one I saw that was from 2019 was Glass, which is the sequel to Split. Mm. I I liked it yeah. for the most part. A little cheesy, but I liked it. <laughs> well, that's what we go to yeah. them for. I, I, I didn't like it, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from. So, the next part of this show is kind of gonna we're gonna wrap it up with this which is the main topic it's the title topic of this episode and that is our favorite movies of the decade now this was a this was a quick decade doesn't it feel like it it's been yeah just blink your eyes and it's it's quick 2020 right now it's all gone i mean i a week ago i was in in grade school now i'm just a depressed old man living in my mother's basement so Let's take a look at some of our favorite movies of the decade. We're going to take a look at... Uh, actually, I'm going to pass it on to you. I want you to go ahead and tell me first. What's your favorite movie of 2010? 2010. 
Well, there were quite a few movies that I saw that year in theaters and then when it came out on DVD, but my favorite one of them all is Alice in Wonderland by Tim Burton, because I love Tim Burton (laughs) and everything he does. Who doesn't? And then probably my honorable mention would be (laughs) Shrek 4, unironically, I liked it. But I was also 12, so... Yeah, no. Um, but hey, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Alice in Wonderland. I'm, I don't, I'm not a fan of the movie itself. I respect it more than I like it. Um, there's a lot of weird calls and very, let's say, uh, con- con- not conservative. What's that word I'm looking for? Starts with the C. It's uh, very different, anyways. It's a very different movie, and I respect Tim Burton for continuing to be a very different person. Um, but hey. Um, in 2010, I think the I think the best movie, not only of 2010, but of the entire decade. You know, it's 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 kind of it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation here because we just came out of seeing Cats in theaters, and who on their right mind would see Cats and then go, "That guy is a good filmmaker." Well, I do, because my favorite movie of 2010 was directed by the guy who made Cats. And this is the King's Speech. No, it wasn't wow. the director's I mean, fault. The Cats came out weird. It's whoever did CGI. That's, but again, that's like, there's more to Cats than bad CGI. I saw Cats in theaters, and there's so many problems with it. I mean, the storytelling is, there's no story at all. There's like, it's it's just, it, all the Cats is, is one music number introducing a character to the next music number introducing a character to guess what the next music number introducing another that's character. sort of musical that's all though, it is and yes but that works for the stage play but it doesn't really work for a movie a movie has to have a story take take Les Miserables for example that has a coherent story uh there's a bunch of other movies there's you know um Insomnia which is not really musical but it kind of is in a similar sim- similar vein it's you know a tragedy almost like shakespearean movies and it has to follow a certain structure but it, it it does because it's a movie you have to follow a movie structure you have to tell them a movie a story the way a movie is told and it's ironic because i think the best movie of the decade is the king's speech you know written by uh, david seidler and directed by tom hooper i mean what an achievement in filmmaking I'm pretty sure it won Best Picture that year, too. I can't remember. I, I think it did. But I did. think it won Best Picture. What I do know... I think, yeah, I think it did. But what I do know here is that it won Best Actor for Colin Firth. Now, I'm just quickly going to sum up the movie for those who haven't seen it. You know, it's basically about King George VI, who essentially has this has this uh, stammering problem. He talked... The way he talks is he's got this stutter problem, which, which as a king, you can't have because you've got to give public speeches. So he has this problem. And the entire movie is him meeting a speech coach to teach him how to get better. Uh, it's played, he's played by the same person that uh, was Jeffrey De Rush from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And I'll tell you what, there are some moments in this movie that I'm just sitting there going, these characters have been talking for 20 minutes and I'm engaged. Like what movie can do that? Most movies have to cut from scene to scene to scene. But there's one specific scene in the movie 
when Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush's characters are just sitting in a room talking about what the world has become and specifically, you know, referring to the old kings and what what's going on with the future of London and my God, you're just sitting there going, these are some of the greatest actors of our time just talking and they could read you the fucking dictionary and you'd go, yes, keep talking. <laughs> it's it's insane. Have you ever, have you, do you have any experience with any movies that just kind of just dialogue based and you just kind of go there like, I'm interested in this. You know, I have films that, you know, I like and I will always be engaged when I watch them, but I can't think of one at least off the top of my head that I saw and I was completely enamored with. I mean, it might be on my list actually. Yeah. I don't know, but I can't, I can't think of one. See, I totally get that. Um, most movies, and that's why this movie is special, is that most movies have to rely on maybe an action scene or throw in some sort of argument in there. Maybe hell, let's 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 throw in a, a chasing scene. But this movie doesn't do that. This movie just focuses on the characters and what the characters are doing, and it succeeds. It, it it's incredible. It does an incredible job with what it's given, and I I quite enjoyed it. So. That is one movie that I will be watching again in a few days and and a few days after that. So, yeah, uh, let's quickly rush through the rest of the the rest of the uh, list here. So, tell me what's your favorite movie of twenty eleven? Jewel. Right, okay. I think it might have cut out here, so I'm just going to repeat can it. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect, perfect. So, uh, yeah, well, I'm just going to repeat what I said here. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I said. I forgot. Anyways, uh, yeah, so we're just... We're, I yes, think we're, we're on 2011. 2011. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead and tell me what you think about any movie that came out in the year. year. Let's kind of speed through them so we can uh, wrap up this script here. Uh, Winnie the Pooh came out. I saw it with my dad, so it's close to my heart. My favorite movie and favorite series really is Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda 2 came out and then I also enjoyed the Muppets movie with the uh, guy from Big Bang Theory and the guy from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Those dudes. They were in it. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris? Yes. The guy who plays Sheldon, the he guy who plays um, Lily's husband. I haven't seen How I Met Your Mother in such a long time. Yeah, it's been a while for me, too. Um, so that's your 2012 movie? Those are my movies, 2012. 2011, sorry. Perfect, tell me. 11, go, 2011. Go ahead until 2015, and then I'll go to 2015. Try to, try to go through to 2015. 2015? Oh, we're just jumping in there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, The Hateful Eight, which I no, actually no, saw from 2012, uh, in 2018. From 2012 to 2015. Or no, 2019. But it came out in 2015, and then Pan... Uh, sure. Pan, it was beautiful, and it was sort of an original Peter Pan story that wasn't, you know, offensive stereotypes of Native people. I, yeah, I completely disagree, but um, is this 2016? Uh, we're on 2016 now, yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, yeah, what I meant was let's go through from 2012 oh, to 2015. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. I thought we were jumping too. Okay, so 2012, Mirror, Mirror, and which is a 
retelling of Snow White, and then Paranorman by Leica Studios, then 2013, I don't know if you would call this a film, because it's a film from a series, but Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Beautiful. Then 2014, Box Trolls, also by Leica Studios, and then Muppets Most Wanted. Pretty good. (laughs) And like I said, for 2015, The Hateful Eight and Pan. And then 2016, Kubo and the Two Strings. See, Kubo and the Two Two Strings is something that I... At first, didn't like as much, but as I watched it again and again, it's just grown on me. And it kind of goes back to my 2012 movie here, and that's Argo. Argo has the same thing where the first time I saw it, I, didn't, I wasn't a big fan of it. But as I've seen it again and again and again, it's one of my favorite Ben Affleck movies. I mean, not just that he's directed, but that he's been in and that he's, you know, uh, produced and everything like that. It's one of the best Ben Affleck movies. And it might be the best, you know, best movie of 2012. And that's kind of what I have here. I'm not so sure about it. But I think, yeah, it is my favorite movie of 2012. I'm not sure if it's the best, though. Um, Argo. Going in 2013, I was a big fan of Prisoners. And uh, ironically enough, is me and you and I are working on a video essay right now about Prisoners and about Denis Villeneuve. So, yeah, this is my 2012 film. Uh, going into 2014, this one is tough. This one was a tough not to crack. I've got, I've got a few, but the one that comes to mind all the time is Selma. What's that one about? Which was direct. It's, What's it sorry, about? I have not heard of it. Well, it's written and directed by uh, Ava DuVernay, and it's about uh, Malcolm, not Malcolm, sorry, Martin Luther King's struggles as he was, you know, dealing with the times and. It's one of those movies just that gets you. Just you think about the times, you think about what was going on at the time, and just go, people are evil. People are just evil. We live in a society. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's insane. I mean, so I'm not going to get too political, but yeah, that was that was a pretty good, pretty good flick. And we're going to move on to my 2015 movie, which is Spotlight. And if you know anything about this one, you know that it's about, um, it's about uh, the Boston Globe exposing the... Um, underworkings of the the uh, the Catholic Church and how they've been, let's say, protecting these priests who have been abusing and you know uh, molesting children. That one really I can imagine. Me. And I, yeah, I've never been able to step away from that one. So that that one is my de- definitely no questions asked. My favorite of 2015, which 2016 is the same same thing there. I think that there's no questions asked there. 2016, my favorite movie of that year was Manchester by the Sea. Um, See, this was a... When I watched it for the first time, it was really tough to watch because some of the things there are just real. It deals with death. It deals with real-life situations where you're taken away from people you love and put in a situation where sometimes it's better to be in the situation away from the people you love, but you don't know that at the time, so... It's one of those movies that just gets you and you just ball and you're, you're, you're kind of just sitting there wondering what's going on the entire movie and why they're doing that. And, you know, just kind of caring for the characters. And by the end, you're just there. You're just bawling. You're just crying. I mean, it's 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 really just a deep film and it's it's one of the best of its kind. So that's definitely my favorite movie of that year. So I'm going to pass it on over to you. 
go ahead and tell me what your favorite movies of 2017, 2018, and 2019 were. So, um, by 2017, I realized I could watch rated R movies. So, I saw American Made. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. I don't usually Sorry, like Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise, but I liked him in this film. And then Split came out, which I also really liked. See, you're evil. Tom Cruise is a doll. He is, like, he is the greatest actor of his time. Um, but yeah, no, uh, 2017 was a big year for me. Um, it's got a lot of movies that I just could not, like, I could not balance these movies. Obviously, we've got um, uh, Blade Runner 2049. We've got films like Thor Ragnarok, which I think, I think it's some people give people under, people don't appreciate Thor Ragnarok as much as they should. But really, the best movie of that year for me was War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, most people don't like it as much as the other two, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn for the Planet of the Apes, but I think it's the best, and I think it's an artistic, and, you know, Matt Reeves, who directed Cloverfield, directed this, and he also directed the second one, which was incredible, but this one was much, like, miles beyond the other two. I mean, when, while the other two were action-based and really told a character piece, this is more, this is more character, and this is less action and that's kind of that's kind of why it was it was it was it was thrown out the window when it first came out people just stepped on it because i mean there's no action in it it's there's very little action and it's called war for the planet of the apes which i get it It, it's mismarketing but mismarketing is not movie making so i totally hate it when people say the movie's bad because it was mismarketed that's not (laughs) i get it mismarketed but that's not how movies are made you know movies are made and then they're marketed so Marketing is not a part of movie making, so always keep your thoughts separate there. You can't have, you can't like or dislike a movie because it was marketed badly. But again, those are just my thoughts. 2018, I'm going to go ahead first with this one. This one was a tough year for movies because, oof. I mean, there's a few good movies in there. There's Avengers, there's Black Panther. You know, there's a few great movies in there. You know, Searching, Hereditary, um, Mission Impossible, Fallout. But... The best movie for me that year by no league no like nobody was even close was searching which is weird because it seems like a b movie it seems like a movie that you just throw away and go yeah it's a computer movie this movie is 100 percent told there is not one single shot that is outside the computer everything is told from the computer screen which yeah uh, pe- other movies have done that like unfriended and other stuff but this one actually made sense and it was coherent and it was a deep dark dramatic story about a man who loses his child and has to look oh, I, for her oh it has and doesn't has it have the same her. guy who's in grunge it it does the cop the police officer in in the grunge not the grunge yes. the grudge <laughs> um yeah he plays the lead in searching i can't remember what his name is to save my life but there's an aspect to the movie where there is sort of like a mystery, like East, you and I were talking about Easter eggs earlier with uh, with the Pixar movies. This movie takes Easter eggs to another level. There is a secret storyline. If you read this, again, like I said, this, is take, this takes place in a computer. If you read the articles on the side of the screen, there's a secret storyline that has to do with aliens. So, it's just weird, right? So in the side, you'll see sometimes it's, at the beginning, it kind of talks about... There is kind of like a meteor. And then halfway through the movie, you'll see that there is 
like an interview with the president and then at the end it kind of exposes that there's aliens and that has nothing to do with the story that's just a fun side story i, I just remember his name his name is john yeah, yes the guy who's such a Garage simple and, name yes he he it's perfect he was amazing this movie and his daughter played by alex jane go can't remember her full name the detective deborah messing i'm reading here on rotten tomatoes perfect she was incredible detective rosemary beck Guys, this was a movie that I would recommend. It's still my favorite movie of like the last few years. I I think it's better than any movie that's come out since 2015. It's not as good as uh, The King's Speech, but it's incredible. Definitely go check it out. And I'm going to wrap it up here with a movie that I've already mentioned, so I'm not going to talk much about it. And that is The Lighthouse, which is my favorite movie of 2019. So there we go. That's my list of uh, best movies of the decade. So go ahead and tell me what you think your favorite movies of the decade were from the last three years, from 2018 to 2019. Me? Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, 18 and 19. I don't think you No, I didn't mention now. 2018. Um, so, Isle Dog came out. It was an animated, stop-motion animated film directed by Wes mm-hmm. Anderson. It was the first Wes Anderson movie I'd ever seen. And then this right. uh, movie, I don't usually like movies about Ouija boards because they're cheesy, mainly. But it was called Ouija House. <laughs> and... I thought it was really interesting. It was a little bit cheesy, but it was a lot of bit interesting. And then my number one film, I thought it was so cool, was Black Klansman. Oh yeah, oh that was a, that was a movie. So what about twenty nineteen? I th- I think you might have mentioned, but go ahead and tell us again what your favorite movie of twenty nineteen uh, was. Glass this year. and Into the Florpus Hole. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you you did mention it. See, yeah, I, 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 I agree with the second option, but the first one with Glass, sorry, I wasn't the biggest fan of Glass, but I respect it more than I like it, so that's the thing there, um, and I totally understand why you'd like it, because there's a lot to like, the storytelling is just elevated, I mean, you hate him or like him, he's the best, he's one of the best directors working, I mean, he, the way he, the way he handles a film, because directors usually just focus on the physical aspects of it. His direction is impeccable, and maybe you don't like the story, or you don't like the way the characters' jokes are, which he does write the scripts, and his scripts aren't really really the best. He should get somebody else to write a script. I mean, all that aside, it, it, it it's an it's an interesting movie and something that I respect. So yeah, let's get let's get you to just close your thoughts here on on your favorite movies of the decade, and just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where we can find you. I guess, I mean, there were a lot of movies and, you know, all of them were good. I can't necessarily rank them. I would watch them all at the same time if I could. Um, that would be <laughs> I have, um, if I'm allowed to do this, I have an Instagram uh, that I do. Go ahead. Um, I do fashion stuff. It's jewelness underscore. And then I have another one for my other hobby, which is um, all all together, my doll thing. I do custom dolls. That's my thing. And then, um, of course, you can find me on It's All Subjective. Uh, what's, is it a dot net or a dot com? Yeah, I, yes, films like that. 
I want to thank you guys for checking out this uh, this podcast. It was a bunch of fun to record. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. And if you're on iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, thank you very much for checking it out. If you're on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, be sure to follow us at IAS Films on Twitter and IAS underscore Films on Instagram. And if you want to read some of our articles, be sure to go to our website at IASFilms.net. And you can see a ton of articles there. It's going to be a bunch of fun, guys. Thank you so much. Just remember... It's awesome. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just.